this is the most enriching experience someone can have to actually meet and experience the fellowship of brothers and sisters from all over the world. It broadens your perspective. It challenges you <laughs> to the limits. <laughs> it enriches you. You realize the diversity that God has. Welcome to Baptist Without an Adjective, a podcast of Word and Way. I'm your host, Word and Way editor and president, Brian Kaler. On this program, we'll hear from Baptists from across the denominational, ethnic, national, and ideological lines that too often divide us. At Word and Way, we've been informing and inspiring Baptists since 1896. Learn more about us at wordandway.org. This episode is sponsored in part by the Social Justice Revival in Kansas City, Missouri. For our listeners in the Kansas City, Missouri area, I hope that you will mark your calendars for September 22nd. From 3 to 5.30 p.m. at First Baptist Church in Kansas City, there will be a social justice revival featuring Shane Claiborne, prominent speaker, activist, and best-selling author. Come hear Shane speak at 3 p.m., and then there'll be many workshops by some local ministries that do poverty work, and then finally a Q&A with Shane. That's Sunday, September 22nd, 3 to 5.30 p.m. at First Baptist Church in Kansas City, Missouri. In this episode, we're going to have a conversation with Didi Opernova, a Bulgarian Baptist pastor and leader. I had a chance to sit down with her in July during the Baptist World Alliance's annual gathering in the Bahamas so that we could talk about ministry and life there in Bulgaria. She'll talk about growing up and coming to a call to ministry while it was still under communist rule. And then also some of the ways that that country has changed now the last couple of decades of freedom. But the main reason I wanted to sit down with her was to talk about the protests that happened late last fall and early winter against some really restrictive religious liberty proposals that their parliament were considering. And so she's going to talk about that and the victory that they had there, as well as she's just going to talk about how the Baptist World Alliance and being part of the BWA has greatly impacted her ministry and her life, as well as helped the small group of Baptists there in Bulgaria. Didi has served as a vice president for the Baptist World Alliance and has been involved at many different levels. And it's been great to get to know her over the last few years at these BWA meetings. So here's my conversation with Didi Opernova. First of all, thank you for joining us for this conversation. Thank you. Thank you for inviting me. <laughs> you are a Baptist leader. and We're going to talk about some of your different roles in Bulgaria. But I wonder if you could first talk about your ministry there in Bulgaria. My ministry in Bulgaria? Oh, that is a question that brings me years back. <laughs> <laughs> I, um, I actually grew up in a Christian home, which was a very rare thing in communist Bulgaria. So my parents and grandparents were Christians. And growing up very early um, in my teen years, I accepted Jesus. And this is one story in itself <laughs> because my church is going through a very difficult time. And um, they, uh, the communists had put somebody to take over the church building. So the church was an underground church meeting in our home, in my mom and dad's home. So during, this was the time when I became a Christian because I couldn't grasp how all these people continue to have joy after everything that has happened to them. And this this made me want to be like them. <laughs> and um, then soon after that, I started my ministry. And um, this was, I was still probably 16 or 17 years old when I first knew that God was calling me to full-time ministry. And it was... Um, as I was monitoring the, the meetings in the homes, I noticed that the children were being noisy and were getting bored. And I thought, this 
children need to hear God's word and need to enjoy church. Mm -hmm. So I thought of, uh, God spoke to me that I should actually work with the children and uh, tell them Bible stories and, and just be there for them to enjoy what was happening because I had enjoyed God so much in scripture and it was dangerous. So Usually I speak to my mom about things, but then this was the time when I decided to talk to dad. <laughs> and we were in the car traveling and I um, asked my dad, dad, I have to talk to you about something. And he said, yes. And then I said, well, I feel that God is calling me to take over um, the ministry with the children, actually start a Sunday school. I know it's going to be an underground Sunday school with the children, but I really feel that they shouldn't be bored, but enjoy the meetings. And um, then I said, and then he asked me, well, what is the, what's the problem? And I said, well, I, I'm afraid. And I said, I don't know if uh, the police, the, it wasn't the police at that time, it was called something else. If the secret service is come and they check what is going on, they'll arrest me and you and the consequences for you will be greater than for me. And I'll never forget what my dad said. And now I'm over over 40, I'll not say exactly, but <laughs> <laughs> but this is something that's still giving me a lot of strength because my dad said, don't be afraid of what people can do to you. Be afraid of what God is asking you to do. If he's asking you to do something, uh, you just do what he wants you to. He'll take care of the rest. And my initial first reaction was, he doesn't care about me. <laughs> what if really something happens? But then I thought, well, he's putting me in 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 God's hands and trusting God that uh, he will look after me. So from there it started. Then uh, we never believed communism would collapse. And I felt the need of education, theological education, because you work, you do things, but you're lacking so much. And then in um, 1989, when things changed, I was looking for opportunities to train theologically, seriously, somewhere in a, in a good school so that I can go back to Bulgaria and, and surf. I trained at Spurgeon's College and then in 96, I went back to Bulgaria. Bulgaria still struggles with full recognition of both men and women. Women are recognized, but women are not yet. Women are not yet ordained as pastors. But uh, I had a loving church in London. I had a wonderful uh, tutor and um, tutors in uh, London as well at Spurgeon's College. And my pastor in Sofia, which is the capital of Bulgaria, where, which was my home church, he was extremely supportive as well. And I was actually uh, ordained for ministry in my London church and then sent back to Bulgaria, where I was blessed to be a Bible worker. <laughs> but titles didn't matter. I've never been big on titles. I'm just committed to following the call that God has given to me because it's not from people, it's from God. And I I, um, I went back and I have uh, served in pastoral ministry in my church in Sofia, and I continue to serve there. This is one of the one of the hats. I was president of the women's uh, national work for 20 years. I've handed that over to other people. At the moment, I also teach uh, systematic theology in uh, in uh, Bulgaria in the for lay people in the centers um, all over Bulgaria, wherever the Baptist Union decides to open one. So I'm enjoying ministry. I wonder, before we talk about some of your other current roles, how is the impact in this? We're really still in this first generation post-communism. And what, what, what does that impact have on the life of the church and ministry today? 
Oh, this is also a deep question, <laughs> Brian. <laughs> because, um, yes, some of us are uh, first generation, but now, I, but, but it's not only us. Um, when communism collapsed, there were hundreds of people who became Christians. There was a hunger for God. And many people joined the evangelical churches. Bulgaria is a predominantly Orthodox Christianity country. But the evangelical church is opened up and people responded. And we have we had many of the elderly people who became Christians. And I'm sad to say that more than 25 years later, many of those people are no longer living because they found God. Praise God, we'll see them again one day in heaven. But their lives could not be used <clears throat> to the full for years and years. With the and then we have the generation of my, of my children that don't remember communism. You talk to them and they think, "Oh, what is that?" <laughs> <laughs> they don't really um, uh, comprehend the complications and uh, difficulties that we had. So we have different people in our churches. So we also another challenge that we have uh, was the um, fact that when communism collapsed, Bulgaria did receive Bulgaria did receive a lot of help from Western countries financially. Many programs were done. Uh, so, but some of the new in some of the new Christians, it kind of developed a consumer attitude. But well, we're long past that because since Bulgaria has become part of the European Union, although it's the poorest country of the European Union, a lot of the financial help has stopped. But we also need to be working ourselves and sacrificing ourselves and why think we are doing that this i'm saying this in comparison with the people who are christians before the communism they were not taught but they had lived through a time of nothing when no help was available from nowhere and were people giving so we're trying to teach that culture to the new christians in our churches that we want to be although we have made very little God's economy is different from ours, so we should be blessing people with the little we have, and he will do the rest. We'll be right back with the rest of this interview. But first, then you to note that this episode is also sponsored in part by the Cooperative Baptist Fellowship. Do you want to change the world and be changed in the process? At the intersection of your passion and the community's needs is the Cooperative Baptist Fellowship's Dick and Jez Marie Hurst Global Service Corps. The program places recent college and seminary grads or retirees with CBF field personnel in 25 countries for a two-year mission apprenticeship to serve others and share Christ's love. Apply today at cbf.net slash global service core. Core is spelled C-O-R-P-S. More recently, Bulgaria was in the news, particularly last fall. And there was suddenly, I'll let you tell the story more, but there was suddenly a law coming up involving religious liberty issues and Baptists and other believers in Bulgaria were protesting. Can you tell us what the, the story, because one of the things I love about the story is at least it does have a happy ending. Yes. Oh, well, um, an attempt to bring a new legislation, um, a religious legislation law has been coming on and off and on and off since uh, the fall of communism. A lot of the restrictions that were on churches when communism fell, they were changed in the law. But we, as Christians, I have to confess that we didn't take these attempts seriously because every time there was an attempt, it would be withdrawn. And suddenly 
this um, new suggestion is there in Parliament. And we were shocked and we couldn't believe it when these, when these new law suggestions were actually voted and passed first reading in Parliament. Some of those things said that people like me who are educated outside of the country cannot continue to be pastors or teachers in their churches. Buildings which were not built to be churches could not be used for meetings. Children could not be taken to church unless they're 18 or with special written permission from parents. And how do you run Sunday school with that? Do you ask every child in a Sunday school of 80 children if their parent is there, if they can sign a paper? We had to, uh, we, um, another thing was to ask uh, for permission if we had guests from abroad to speak or preach. Another thing was that um, we would have been forbidden to receive any financial help from anywhere outside the country, totally self-financing. Uh, and this is still not completely possible, although we, 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 do, we do a lot and we have moved a very long way and many, many other things. And we were shocked because some of the restrictions were bigger than the restrictions during the communist time. And we first of all got together and we prayed. Second, we wrote to all our brothers and sisters in the Baptist World Alliance family, in my case, in the European Baptist Federation. And I, we were overwhelmed and put to tears by the response of our brothers worldwide because Everyone took that so seriously. We felt like we were not alone. We felt like we're totally backed up. There were letters written to our government. There were letters written to the president and prime minister. There were, there were also letters written to the European Commission of uh, Religious uh, Freedom on all sorts of different levels. I will not quote all the uh, proper names right now. And also... We as uh, evangelical Christians, we went out to protest in front of the parliament and pray over the government and the parliament. And uh, this went on for weeks and weeks. It was during the winter in rain and cold and snow and very bad weather conditions. But we were there and this brought a lot of unity amongst the different evangelical churches in the country as well. We stood together in prayer and in talks. This was also the time when finally the government invited the Evangelical Alliance for the talks they were doing. And we had lawyers prepared with all the legal explanations and things that they themselves especially needed to do. And um, when the second reading of the law was supposed to happen, actually it was postponed several times. Um, but it, it happened <laughs> on Christmas Eve, uh, <laughs> right before par the last day of work of the parliament. And we were just watching on television everything that was going on and monitoring because um, and, and praying, most of all. And actually, um, they uh, dropped most of these things. There are some things which were still left for us to do. But most of these things would have been totally restricted for dropped out. And we thought this was... This was really a victory for the kingdom because uh, we value the freedom that God has given us. We don't want to lose it. We don't take it for granted. At the same time, we know what it is to be persecuted. And uh, we wanted to continue to have this freedom of being able to speak the good news to people in Bulgaria. It was a great Christmas, huh? Yeah, it was a great Christmas. <laughs> <laughs> you mentioned the role of working with the BWA. And I have one last question for you because you, you have been very active. You... You preached at the Baptist World Congress in Durban. I remember that. 
and you've served these last well four years so far. You have one year left <laughs> in your right. term as a vice president, one of the, the 12 vice presidents of, of the Baptist World Alliance. And what has being part of the, the BWA and being here at these meetings over the years with Baptists from around the world, what impact has that had on you and your, your faith, your ministry? Oh, this is the most enriching experience someone can have to actually meet and experience the fellowship of brothers and sisters from all over the world. It broadens your perspective. It challenges you <laughs> to the limits. <laughs> it enriches you. You realize the diversity that God has. And the verses like Galatians 3.28 become very real in your life because then you see that God has created us all in his image and there's no Jew nor Gentile. There's no male or female and no free nor slave and um, that God's love is sufficient to all of us. And if we could only forgive each other, <laughs> if we could only realize what richness we'll have, I think we do, but we still, we always have a way to go, but I think we do as a Baptist family. And this can just bring so much changes into into our local churches, into our national structures, even more than what it does. And uh, I'm so grateful for this experience. And I'm so grateful for the European Baptist Federation for giving me the opportunity to serve for the Baptist World Alliance family for accepting me as well. And uh, it has this experience has also enriched my country as well. I've tried to bring back um, the the richness that I have experienced here. And it has been a blessing to me. It has been a blessing to Europe. And I think it has been a huge blessing to the small Bulgaria. <laughs> Very good. Well, well, thank you so much for joining us and giving us some time and, and for all that you have been doing in Bulgaria and in the global Baptist community. Thank you for your leadership. Thank you. <laughs> well, I hope you enjoyed this episode of Baptist Without an Adjective. You can learn more about the Baptist World Alliance at bwanet.org. And you can find the European Baptist Federation at ebf.org. As always, you can find us at wardenway.org. And don't forget to check out our sponsoring partners for this week's episode, the Cooperative Baptist Fellowship at cbf.net, and the Social Justice Revival on September 22nd from 3 to 5.30 p.m. at First Baptist Church in Kansas City, Missouri with guest speaker Shane Claiborne. If you've enjoyed this episode, I hope that you will share it with your friends on Facebook and head over to iTunes or your favorite podcast platform to write a positive review to help more people to find the show. You can find easy-to-share links at podcast.wordandway.org. If you have any comments or feedback that you'd like to share about the program, just send them to me at bkaler at wordandway.org. And if you'd like to give to support this program, we greatly appreciate it. All you have to do at wordandway.org is hit the donate button and whatever you give there will help the production of this podcast as well as our website and monthly magazine. Thanks for listening.